Hi, I'm Erica Keswin. Welcome to Left to Our Own Devices, a show that explores how to bring our human to work and to life. Because left to our own devices, we're not connecting. Today you are in for a special treat. My guest is Colette Stahlbomber. She leads Microsoft 360 product marketing and future of work at Microsoft. Colette oversees the company's future of work initiative and work lab, where Microsoft publishes research and insights on how work is changing to help leaders and organizations respond, adapt, and be future ready. Prior to joining the Modern Work Marketing team in early 2020, Colette spent seven years in the office of the CEO leading communications, culture transformation, and investor relations for Satya Nadella. I can't think of a better person to join me to have a communication on how to lead in the ever-changing hybrid revolution. Hi, Colette. It is so great to see you. Hi, it is so great to see you, Erica. Well, I wish we were in person, but at least we are looking at each other's faces in each other's living rooms at the moment. So I guess that answers my first question. You are not back in your physical office. I would love to dive right into a very, very hot topic at hand. I actually had a masterclass last week about, you know, are people going to go back to the office? You know, good, bad, or indifferent. So where do you and, and, you know, where does Satya... Um, Nadella, your CEO, come out on this whole return to office hot question. Yes. So it's a great place to start. And I'm so excited to be here and to talk to you today. Yeah. So, you know, I think we've, we no longer believe that, you know, that work is, is a place, right? That it's more of a, of a state of mind and, and that we want to help people be successful uh, in this new normal from anywhere. Some people are, will be from home. Some people will be on site. Some people will be on the go. And so really, you know, Microsoft has come out and embraced flexibility and flexible work in a big way. And we've taken a stance on that as a company. Uh, It's impacting how we're thinking about hiring and onboarding and talent and obviously, you know, the culture and and how we will need to lead moving forward as as people leaders. And so, yeah, I think it it is a really interesting debate. And you know, you certainly see the two passionate sides right now happening kind of real time. But I think one of the interesting things that, you know, that Satya has talked about recently is that, you know, in remote, there was a standard, right? As hard as that was to shift everyone overnight to work, working from home, there was, there, it was universal um, to a large extent, except of course, you know, first line workers, frontline workers, they were out there on the front lines. But in hybrid, which we're moving into now, and this is the phase where we as Microsoft are both in as well as all of our customers, and we're getting right. every day, is you know, there isn't a standard. And so everything becomes more complex in flexible work. And that's really the new leadership challenge for every leader in every organization is going to be you know, figuring that out and figuring out how to empower people in this new, new normal. Wow. Yeah, the leaders are going to need to be trained to do that. So do you envision over time that a lot of these decisions, where, when, why, how are people going to work in the office and at home? Is, is it going to be pushed out to the, the individual manager level? And will they be empowered to make those decisions on their own? 
Yes, I think that I think we're at Microsoft are running quite an empowered model and you know, empowering managers to make decisions for, as I mentioned on hiring, for example, right? And where, you know, where where we previously may not have opened up leadership roles at the levels that we're doing now to be remote or from anywhere, we now are. And so we are adopting this mindset where, you know, we're going to figure it out. Um, because we believe that's how we will have the best and brightest and most diverse talent. And so that is what we're doing. And I think that it's going to be a journey. I think it's going to force us all to figure out totally new inclusive behaviors. And, you know, as we have this uh, hybrid culture, you know, very simple things from, you know, when you start a meeting and some people are back in a conference room and some people are still working from home or on the go you know, how do you not start the, the, Hey, how was your weekend chit chat that typically happens at the beginning of a meeting before you join teams so that you're being inclusive to the folks who aren't going to be in that conference room. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, there's, there's a long list of simple things like that. And we certainly don't have it all figured out, but I think that's going to be part of the journey. You know, it's it's actually examples like that are why I call this podcast Left to Our Own Devices, because left to our own devices, we're not connecting and we've got to be intentional in this new hybrid world. You know, one thing that you said really just struck me, which is, you know, I, I often talk about the importance of, of values and making decisions based on values. That's the litmus test. You take a left, you take a right. Do you go back to the office? Do you have a hybrid model? And your values should help drive you. And, you know, it seems like that's, I mean, I know that diversity and inclusion are a big part of the values at Microsoft. And so it was just interesting to hear you frame it, that this is important to us in terms of our culture and that's driving, we are in it. We are going to make this hybrid thing work, or we're going to figure it out along this journey. But it sounds like you really started with the business and the culture and the values. Absolutely. Yes. And I think this, you know, how we will empower managers to make these decisions and these choices longer term, you know, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I just think that, you know, I'm already seeing this happen real time on my team in terms of, of people, you know, hiring diverse talent who we know otherwise would not have been in the running for the kinds of roles that I'm hiring for. And so, wow. yeah. So I want to go a little bit deeper on this question. You know, this this season of the podcast is all about how to lead in the hybrid revolution. So what do you think are the top two to three skills that are that are going to be must-haves for leaders who are going to be empowered to think through these issues and make make these decisions? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I think it goes back a little bit to what we're talking about as sort of a first principle. It's about embracing flexibility. Right. So first and foremost, leaders are going to have to get really good at meeting people where they are. And I mean that sort of literally as well as as metaphorically. Right. So, you know, how do you you have to, you're going to have to, we're all going to be challenged to create team connection and culture in new ways. Um, and to ensure that we're being broadly inclusive as we think about how to bring folks into the room right? And bring everyone into the room and into the conversation in new ways as we have, you know, folks in different places. But I think this is going to show up not just in how we're hiring talent from other places, 
but also how we're enabling, you know, moms to go pick up their kids in the middle of the afternoon or do what they need to do from a flexibility standpoint, you know, get someone to a soccer game. I mean, all those things that were happening before, but now are, I believe, going to be more an accepted part of the Mm -hmm. vernacular and the culture. You know, how do leaders do everything from team connection to make sure that they're doing really just short check-ins with people and those touch points over over using technology to keep that connection alive and well. And so I think that's going to be a new skill set, the agility and the flexibility that that's going to require from leaders. Right. Well, while making sure that they meet their business goals. That's right. While making, while making sure that they can meet business objectives. That's going to require, you know, thinking about things very differently. Yeah. And then I think, I think a second one is something we're really talking a lot about right now, which is that, you know, as hard as this last year has been, Leading in a crisis is different than leading out of one. And I think that is something that leaders are going to have to really look at and say, okay, there's a bunch of things we did during, quote, remote work that were reactive, right? Because we were all put in that position of having to just react to the situation, make the best of the situation. And we developed some bad habits, Along the way, you know, if you look at our work trend index uh, data, as I know you have, you know, digital exhaustion and this exhausted workforce is real. Yeah. And so, you know, it turns out that back to back video calls and conferences are actually not so good for us, right? They're not healthy. It's not good for well being. All of our data that shows that, you know, work has bled into the evenings and the weekends and that days are longer and you know, people are working longer, you know, we're going to have to modulate some of that. There's going to have to be a moment where people look at not just how we've been working in this situation, but sort of moving from reactive to proactive, right? What are the things we want to keep from the past year? Flexibility, certainly, and some of those things. And then what are the things that we need to say, hey, this is not good for well-being for people or the organization broadly, and we need to shed some of those bad habits. Right. And, and it's not sustainable. It's I mean, not didn't your data show people are working one and sometimes even two hours more per day? Y- yes. And then, and then on the weekends as well. You know, and, and so far, even in the, some of the markets and areas where people have gone back to work, you know, we're still showing that. And so back to the office, rather, not back to work. And so, you know, that's why I think it's going to, it's going to require leaders to also make some really conscious decisions about the cultural, the new cultural norms that we will need to create as we, as we lead out of this crisis. I love the way that you put that because you're right. I mean, we all, we were all hands on deck in so many ways to rally the troops during this time, which we needed to be but it's not sustainable. And so now if we frame this around, we are going to manage out of this crisis into more of a steady state and be very, again, I I keep using the word, but I, I, you know, we have to be intentional. What do we keep? What do we shed? And I, and I also think how we communicate this, that it is a journey and we're not going to figure this out all at once is really critical. And, you know, you are my, always my go-to guru on all things communications related, you know, what, where do you, what have you seen around the importance, not only of what an organization decides to do in terms of these protocols and policies, but in terms of how they're communicated 
you know, can you talk a little bit of that in terms of, of best practices? Yes, we actually just published a new hybrid work guide. And, 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 and what we actually did was we decided to open source what we're learning at Microsoft. So our workplace flexibility guide we published that, for, that we developed for employees, we just published for the world Wow! on a website to open it up so that we can help our customers and other organizations who are struggling with this. I mean, this is the question, this is the top question we're getting every day from customers right now is what is Microsoft doing? You know, how, how, can, how can we learn from what Microsoft is doing and adopt it for our own organization? And so that, that certainly drove that decision. And we're really, you know, again, I talked about our sort of, you know, our principle of embracing flexibility. And then we sort of have a three-part framework that's really around people, places, and how you need to rethink space and places and processes. And so we've published, you know, a lot of content around that. And it obviously starts with people, right? Getting that people piece right is is critical. But how space will be used going forward is also going to change a ton. You know, it's still important. Conference room space, focus room space, all of that, you know, coming, having, as you see in the data, right? Having having people still crave that in-person time. And, you know, I can't wait to get in a room with the person I hired from Atlanta, Georgia, that's new on my team. And I'm sure that moment will happen. Um, But, you know, he's not relocating. And I think that's great. You know, people in this time have figured out that they can expand their career opportunities without ever leaving their house, you know, and their community, right? Their community. And so, you know, there will be a time where we will have these in-person moments which will, I think, be really great for sort of the glue that binds us together as a team. But then ongoing, we will work in this flexible way. And so, you know, what's the role of space? I mean, we're seeing so much change right now in terms of how space, even in the, because we're studying the places where people have returned in Asia and in Australia, and we're seeing that space is being used very differently. Right. People need touchdown, focus space, do a quick call, but now I'm leaving the office again in the middle of the day, kind of thing. Right. And so we're transforming all of that. And we're using data, you know, putting sensors in every building in every conference room. So we have cloud-powered, you know, buildings that essentially tell us precisely how space is being used. Wow. Well, we will, we will learn more as people begin to go back to the office. So you took on a new role in, in this modern work group within Microsoft. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. You took on this new role just a few weeks before the pandemic. And, you know, one of the things, I guess it's a two-part question. One, I would love, as you know, my most recent book was about rituals and would love to know you know, from a communication standpoint, from a ritual standpoint, you know, what are some things that you did as a new person to, for you to feel connected to your new team and to the organization, you know, at large, you know, within this, within this new group, and then just any other thoughts you have and, you know, as Microsoft, as Colette, for people that, that are onboarding new employees, you know, or taking on new, new roles themselves. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the most, I think, fun and rewarding ritual that we've developed during the pandemic is something we call a happy half hour. And it's a team ritual. And we, you know, knowing that 
what people were craving was and missing was was that time, right? Of going to grab a drink after work or just, you know, decompress after the big event, right? And have those moments of of uh, togetherness. And so we came up with something called Happy Half Hour. And basically we took it as an opportunity because as a leader of a new team, I had not met any of these folks in person, right? And so how do you get to know each other? in the way that you naturally would if you were kind of around the water cooler and you were building that social capital in an office setting. And so what we decided to do was really create an opportunity for everyone on the team to tell their origin story. And that's what we use. That's what we come together in Happy Half Hour to do. And of course, because we're Microsoft and we work in modern work where you know <laughs> our productivity and collaboration tools are born and bred, you know, people... People went crazy. I mean, they they did amazing PowerPoint presentations and videos and created content. And you know, I learned and we learned about each other. Everything from, you know, our, you know, who your parents were and how you were how you grew up and your siblings, to and your values, to uh, all the places you had lived in your career path to, you know, all the many hobbies and talents people have. I mean, I have a small orchestra across the various people on my (laughs) team. It's amazing, you know, to just learn about all this and people who've, you know, summited mountains and ran marathons and done all the amazing things that, you know, that make, make us who we are and, you know, and learning about their kids and their families. And so it's become this ritual that we look forward to every other week. And, you know, it was interesting because just the other day I was talking with one person on the team about how we're almost through the team now. And so, you know, what are we going to do? And obviously when new people come in, it's still something that we'll keep, but we'll need to evolve that ritual. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been one great thing. It's great. And then all of a sudden, right, you realize, wow, I have something in common with this person that I never would have guessed. And you know, you hire your new team member in Atlanta and there will be a time hopefully when you meet face to face, but you know, creating these opportunities for deeper connections, I do think really will make a difference. And I, I was referencing your happy half hour the other day, because I always get the question, you know, you always have the person who does the eye roll and doesn't want to engage. But my guess is like hearing some of these stories you know, you may not think you have time or you may not be in the mood. And then, I mean, you tell me if, 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 if I'm capturing this right, but my guess would be is that you get in there and people are having these conversations and the magic happens. It's like the oxytocin goes up and the stress goes down. You have a laugh and you, you remember why you do what you do. It's so true. Yes. I think it went from something people were somewhat, you know, there was some trepidation initially, and then, you know, all it took was sort of one, one person to do a PowerPoint presentation in a slideshow. And, you know, they've just gotten, you know, there's a little, there's, there's some friendly one-upsmanship, right, involved as well as, as they've progressed over time. <laughs> but, you know, I think that it, it is, and, and, you know, and because we do it in teams, we can record them. So you talked about onboarding, right? So then it becomes a tool for onboarding because someone new coming into the team can, you know, can watch those and get to know people. And it did make us all feel, it has made us all feel closer. And then we also used the chat during the presentation for people to, you know, comment and say, oh, wow, like I lived, I lived there too. Right. Or I, you know, I play the trombone. 
or I was in marching band or whatever it is. And so it has been this really great ritual for the team to, to bond. Yeah. No, I, I love that. So great. So on, on the topic of, of being human and and who we are, you know, what would you say is something that you do in your life that makes you feel most like you? Oh, well, this is, you know, going to go right back to rituals, which I've learned so much about from you. So I think the, the, one of the best things that I'm definitely going to keep from the pandemic is my 10 year old daughter and I started taking a walk every evening. And, you know, the conversations that we have, it's a 20 minute walk. Uh, we go the same path in our neighborhood every, every night. It's not exactly the same time um, each evening, but you know, the conversations I've had with her and the things I've learned and the, it's such a special time. And it really is something we both look forward to each day, you know, so much so that, you know, I mean, there have been a couple of times where we're doing it, you know, really late, like post bedtime for one reason or another, if we had something happening that evening or, you know, one night it's, it's 1am she, and she'll come, she says, my gosh, mom, we didn't take our walk. Like we have to at least go, you know, down the driveway and do halfway just so we can say that we, that we did it because it's really become important to us. And so that's a really special thing that I look forward to every single day now. Wow. And I'm sure she does as well. You know, I, I, I love the example. It goes back, you know, rituals are accessible. They don't have to cost anything. You know, it's a ritual when it would seem like something was really missing yeah. if it didn't happen, which it sounds like, you know, your daughter's like, well, at least let's go on the driveway. You know, yes. we need to need to do it. And it goes back to you know what rituals give us that sense of psychological safety and belonging and connection and, and purpose. And it grounds us, right? Giving us some order out of what has been such a chaotic year. So I, yeah. I love that. Such a chaotic year. And what I, you know, what I see her doing now too is sort of, she sort of saves up topics, right? For that walk, because she knows we're going to get that time each day to talk. And so oftentimes she'll come with like, I've got three things I really want to talk about, you know? And so, wow. yeah, it's meant a lot. And, and Well, and imagine if we had those kinds of rituals at work, right? When you're trying to figure out and connecting and doing more one-on-ones and being creative about communication, given people aren't always going to be in the office on the same day and people are going to be living places. I think it's an interesting way to begin to frame out, you know, what could these one-on-ones look like? And I have been telling people, and I agree what you said in the beginning, we've, we've all figured out that, you know, being on a video call after a video call after a video call is really not good for anybody. And so maybe you could do a walk, you know, you know, and use the good old fashioned phone to have a conversation and really be creative about, about your own personal communication strategy in this, in the context of this hybrid revolution. Yes. Actually, we are kind of starting a movement on that across our team. I have to give credit to my boss. But he started doing walking one-on-ones. And so we're all kind of adopting that now and trying to get that to spread. And this is how culture happens, right? I mean, it's it's kind of, it's bottoms up, it's tops down, it's, it's everybody sort of creating the culture. And it's not going to be any one thing, right? There's no silver bullet for this. I think, you know, the key to flexibility, right, is lots of little things that can have a big mm-hmm. impact. And so... We're, you know, we're coming up with our own well-being practices, but but they're a long list of things 
as opposed to one thing. And so walking one-on-ones is one of them. You know, we have well-being days at Microsoft, just making sure that we're taking those as part of the culture, you know, and as I said, sort of a, a long tail list of, of other things. Taking breaks between meetings. You know, we, we have new research that shows that what really happens to your brain on these back-to-back video calls and the, and the stress and the contrast and that actually taking just a small break, even five to 10 minutes between meetings has a dramatic impact. It resets your brain, it lowers your stress levels, and it increases your cognitive function. And so we created it. We just actually, like last month, I think came out with a new default setting in Outlook so that people could set that automatically in their organization. I love that. And so it's going to be a lot of little things like that that can have a big impact. Oh, I feel I feel so ahead of the game that when my book came out in January, I had a whole chapter on taking breaks and rituals around taking breaks. You are so ahead of the the curve. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, I could talk to you for the next two hours. I always learn so, so much. I'm gonna ask you a couple of quick, just fun fire, rapid fire questions and and then wrap it up until we see each other in person. So Question number one, what is your favorite Microsoft Teams functionality at the moment as it relates to this conversation? Oh my gosh. I think that would, I think at the moment it is, it is meeting recording because I think we're finding in this world and this kind of, as we've talked about, you know, asynchronous collaboration and how that's going to happen and what you can do with you know, with catching up on your own time with the power of that. I mean, again, sounds small, but you can, you can watch it at double speed or later you can, you can follow the chat, you know? So this whole concept of sort of asynchronous collaboration and, you know, meeting, recording, transcription, follow the chat in teams right now is definitely, we're seeing, we're seeing all of those use cases grow. I'd love that. uh, As a result of our flexible work culture. All right. You heard it here. Asynchronous collaboration is not an oxymoron. It is <laughs> possible. Right. All right. So what are you, you reading anything interesting? You watching any good shows? Well, I'm, I'm into mayor of East town right now, which I think they're on HBO, which I think there's only HBO max. There's only one or two episodes left. So that's kind of my, my guilty pleasure of the moment. And then I just started reading atomic habits. Oh, it's a great book. Yeah. So that's my current bedside table book. All right. I love it. And my last question is, what is one word, if you had to pick one word to describe how you're feeling right now about, you know, the future of work, what would it be? Hmm. Optimistic. Yes. Okay. With that, I am glad. I I am also feeling pretty, pretty optimistic sitting here on a bright, sunny day as the world opens up. So thank you again. It's always so great to see you. And I look forward to many more conversations about how to lead in the hybrid revolution. Thank you, Erica, for having me. All right. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Left to Our Own Devices. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. If you want to receive my monthly-ish update on all things human at work, or just want to say hello, email me at erica at ericakeswin.com. Stay safe, stay connected, and I'll see you soon. 